0: for listening to the weekly sermon. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Glenn Hubbard. For more about this podcast and other resources, visit our website at www.riverinthehills.com. All right, if you don't have the notes, uh, raise your hand, our ushers will ush you some notes. If you have, there's a, there's a hand over here. It'll help you to uh, follow along, and uh, some of this we'll, we'll cover. Um, you can cover at home, Just look at those verses in more detail. Thank you, Mari and Dan Cornelius, for doing that. I, um, I do this regularly. I'll ask the Lord, say, Holy Spirit, what's on your heart today? What's on your mind? Because we want to step into what He's doing or try to manufacture something, so I said, "What's on your heart today? What are you What are you doing?" And he's doing a lot of things, but among the things he's doing is, um, he said immediately, the phrase came back in my mind. I'm rearranging furniture, I'm re- and it's like this picture of a of a living room where he comes in, and he moves the couch a different way, moves the lamps over here, and. And uh, once it's rearranged, it's a rearranging so that you can, we can, he can move about the room with more freedom. Y'all ever had, you know, I I had an epiphany in our our, our room, in our house. It's like we shifted things around where we could look out our, our windows better. I was like, where have I been all these years? You know, so the Lord rearranged it. So let's allow the Lord to do that in us. And Lord, you are the master decorator and remodeler and come in and rearrange in such a way that will allow you to move in my life and move through my life and cause me to love what you love and hate what you hate. Holy Spirit, we invite you now to speak through your word to us, that we won't just be hearers, but doers. I thank you, Lord. Help us to mix your word with faith unto the transformation of our hearts and our souls. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, a few weeks ago, we began to look at six principles of faith that were evidenced in the life of Bartimaeus. He was He was blind Bartimaeus. He became seeing Bartimaeus after he cried out to Jesus to heal him. And uh, it was, we only had time last time to look at the first two principles of faith. So today, hopefully, we'll be able to cover the next four. And then we'll have opportunity at the end today to minister to any prophetic words, words of knowledge, things like that. So um, we kind of moved that to the end. And even this message today, I think, will help help us stir our faith in a greater way. I believe this is a really good time to look at these principles of faith. Because the more we understand how faith operates, the more power we will be able to walk in as believers. Divine, supernatural power, I believe this is something in this hour that the world desperately needs to see from the church phrase has been on my heart recently, really for the last number of months, even years. I pray it a lot in the prayer room. I say, God, would you restore power to your church? Amen. It's almost, now, now there is power in the church. I'm thankful for the level of power that we walk in, but it's like a house where a thunderstorm has rolled through and there's certain power outages, you know, certain breaker boxes, Need that the breakers got flipped off, and so there needs to be a flipping back on, a switching back on. I say, Lord, restore power to your church. I'm talking about the kind of power I'm talking about is the power of God that melts hearts, heals bodies, and delivers minds, that melts hearts of sinners to where they turn to Jesus. Hearts of backslidden, compromising, lukewarm Christians to where they return to Jesus. Not like Jeremiah said of the people of Israel. He said, you return to me, but only in pretense. No, I'm talking about uh, the power of God released to where believers come out of their lukewarmness and say, I'm returning all the way to you. And some even getting water baptized again. Not to get saved again, but to make a statement, I am coming out from my lukewarm existence, and I'm going to live all the way for Jesus. I believe yesterday, Gen Gen Z for Jesus, there were a lot of young people, fiery, getting, saying, I'm coming all the way. Is that right? There's a bunch of you here. You were there like 17 hours or something, and you're back here today? More, Lord, just give it to me. But power of God that, that melts hearts, that heals sick bodies with greater regularity. We see healings, praise God, but more healings. And then delivers minds. Minds that have been, are being plagued right now with fear, offense, confusion, lust, deception, despair. I'm telling you, there, it's like someone I was uh, ministering to the other day at the gym. They, I was, they were saying, I just feel hopeless. And I'm just, I haven't been in a good headspace for the last few months. I thought, well, that's a millennial term. You, you're never going to hear me say, a head, I'm not in a good headspace, Sloan. Hey, Sloan, I'm not in a good headspace right now. <laughs> but what they were doing, they were making a cry for help. And I want to be equipped to help them. In fact, they said they're going to come to a linger night in a few in a few next month. So, so it's that kind of thing. So let's learn these principles of faith from Bartimaeus. Let's look, uh, Roman numeral two. Let's learn from seeing Bartimaeus. I'm going to read. Let's just read the passage together. Mark ten verses forty six through fifty two. And as I read this, see if you can pick out the six principles of faith that were in Bartimaeus' life that caused him to receive healing of his blindness. Now, when they came to Jericho, as he went out of Jericho, Jesus, with his disciples and a great multitude, blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, sat by the road begging. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, He began to cry out and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Then many warned him to be quiet, but he cried out all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. So Jesus stood still and commanded him to be called. Then they called the blind man saying to him, be of good cheer or take courage, rise, he's calling you. And throwing aside his garment, he rose and came to Jesus. So Jesus answered and said to him, what do you want me to do for you? The blind man said to him, Rabboni, that I may receive my sight. Then Jesus said to him, go your way. Your faith has made you well. And immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus on the road. Six principles of faith. I just want to review the first two because they all kind of flow together. The first principle was that Bartimaeus took advantage of the opportunity afforded him by Jesus' presence. In other words, you know, we all know as Christians that Jesus, his, his presence is always with us, right? He says, I'll never leave you or forsake you. But I want you to know there are moments and times when he is more present, peculiarly present, manifestly present, you know, especially present. Like during worship today, I sensed that during the, the come on my soul and the roaring, I sensed like a, an encouraging, an anointing coming in the room. And see, it's 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 not so much that it's abated right now, but in giving ourselves to the Lord, He visits His people, and it's at that time. Take advantage. Speak out. Call out. Ask Him to heal you or to heal to heal someone else at that time. I uh, had a phrase come in my heart, but I'll, let's go in I just read that again in verse 47. When he heard it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out. You see that? When he heard, he began to cry out. When you sense a swirl, step into the swirl. That's the phrase that came in my heart. When, a, when there's a swirl of divine manifested presence... Step into this world. Don't just sit back and poke your name and go, "Wow, friends of God's really here." I think I'll get my phone out and video. Yeah, that's okay to do that, but don't stop there. Step into the swirl. Say, "Lord, you're here." How? Don't don't just be a spectator. Don't just observe. Step in and participate. That's that's that first principle. That uh, John 5, 4, you know, the waters of, of the pool of Bethesda, what did it say? When the waters were stirred or when there was a swirl, whoever stepped into the swirl was healed of whatever disease they had. John 5, 4, it's that same principle. Last week during worship, I had this impression of of the Lord leading us to pray for eye salve for our eyes that would cause us to see ourselves as victorious, okay? So it was eye salve to help us see who we are positioning Christ. And then Pastor Nate last week, he didn't know I was going to say that. I didn't know I was going to say that. And I certainly didn't know he was going to teach on the Laodicean church and how we need eye salve. So I'm sitting here last Sunday going, hmm, eye salve, eye salve. I think that's a swirl. <laughs> you, f- you follow me? Yeah, I'm like, hmm, you give it to me, you give it to him. So at the end, last week, I said, anyone here who's taking eye salve or eye drops or you need healing for your, your eyes like that, come, come forward and we'll pray for you. Now, a number of people came forward. I don't know if anybody felt any better You know, if you did, wave your hand, say, that that was me, I I got better, or maybe you just obeyed and you stepped into that. But that's the point. We step into it even last week with the ISAV word. Principle two, reviewing, Bartimaeus came to Jesus on the right basis. He, He approached Jesus on the basis of mercy. Now, there are some Christians who... When they learn the certain promises of God, certain uh, principles from the Word, it's almost like they take on an attitude of demanding that Jesus do things for them. It's like, I demand that you come and give me my rights. And I want to caution you, you're on thin ice when you come demanding, you know, coming on the basis of your rights. Because then you're coming and asking for justice. You don't want justice from God. Mercy. Easy, big fella. Okay. Mercy. Now, paragraph A, this doesn't mean, calling on Jesus for mercy doesn't mean we can't be bold and confident before him. We should be bold and confident. We should confidently and boldly declare the promises of God, saying, it is written. We should boldly and take confidently take authority over the power of the enemy because Jesus gave us authority over the enemy. Okay? So it doesn't mean we can't be bold and confident, but it does mean we should understand how this this works. We should be bold. Hebrews 4.16 is a beautiful verse that combines the truth of being bold and yet coming on the basis of mercy. Look at what it says up there. Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence, with boldness, so that we may receive mercy. Not justice. That we, we may receive mercy and find grace, which the Bible calls grace power. Okay? We may find power to help us in our time of need. That's what Bartimaeus was experiencing, power to heal his blind eyes. But he said, Jesus, Son of David, have mercy on me. Wow. Paragraph B, on the basis of mercy, please hear me here, God is prepared to do all things for you. So appeal to him, asking him for mercy. Because when you appeal to him that way, it stirs his heart with compassion. As Matthew 9, 36 points out, Jesus was moved with compassion when he called for Bartimaeus. You ever been moved with compassion to the point that your eyes well up with tears? Jesus was. John 6, 38. He's standing in front of the tomb of Lazarus, He sees Mary and Martha. It's the shortest verse in the Bible if you ever want to memorize a verse and say, hey, I memorized a verse today. It's John 6, 38, Jesus wept. What was the context? He he was moved with compassion when he saw Mary and Martha crying because their brother had died. He wasn't crying because it was a lost cause. He was crying because he was moved with compassion. He knew God, the Father, was going to give him power to raise Lazarus from the dead. But he was moved with compassion. Suzanne told me something about someone this week. And the way she was describing it, compassion rose up in me and I started to tear up. I believe, God, that's a powerful thing. We we should ask the Lord, Lord, help me to be moved with compassion. That's what, that's what was happening. I don't believe, you know, it wasn't like Jesus was a robot, you know, walking along, going through with his entourage, and, he hear, and Bartimaeus cries out and he goes, somebody called for me. <laughs> Bartimaeus, call him over here. You know, he, he wasn't a robot. Could it have been that he had tears in his eyes? that he had welled up with that. That's what mercy, that's what calling on Jesus for mercy can do. The third principle from Bartimaeus, verse 48. These are all in the verses here. Bartimaeus persisted when he was rebuked. He was steadfast when his desires were thwarted. He didn't give up. Notice verse 48. It says, then many warned him to be quiet. Be quiet, stop shut your mouth. But he cried out all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. You know, lots of times we have people in our lives that are, I I believe many of them are well-meaning. They just don't want to see us get our hopes up and then get let down. But they take on the role of Job's counselors. You know, you're, you're praying for healing and they're like, you're not going to get healed. Just let you just quit, you know, just, just make do with your condition. Or, or you're praying for a new job or a better job. You're not going to get a new job. Just, just get used to being, you know, in the, the middle of the company, you know. Or you're praying for the finances to put a down payment on a house. They're like, no, you're not going to get a new house. Look at the economy, look at the inflation, just just you know, just it's all right. Now, whether they're well-meaning or not, it was like what Bartimaeus was facing. People were telling him, don't, don't call out to Jesus. Just just be, you know, in the face of Job's counselors, in the face of time delays, in the face of contrary circumstances, God's calling us. To be like Bartimaeus and say, I'm going to persist. I'm going to ask, and I'm going to keep asking. Have you ever, y'all, y'all know this, the saying, if at first you don't succeed, try, try again, right? If you can you so, show that uh, slide up there? If at first you don't succeed, try, try again. But then this is um, the gospel according to Dwight Schrute. Insanity is doing the same thing over and over again, expecting different results. Well, now there's some wisdom in some areas of, of doing the same thing over and over, but that's not the gospel of the kingdom. Wow, yes. The gospel of the kingdom was, is Matthew 7, verse 7, where Jesus says, ask and it will be given to you. And the Greek word there for ask is the present continuous action. Ask and keep on asking. If at first you don't receive the answer to, the, to your prayer, pray, pray again. Ask, ask again. Knock, knock again. He says, ask, seek, and knock. The door will be opened. That's the gospel of the kingdom. It's not insanity. It's biblical. It's a principle of faith. In fact, Hebrews eleven six 6 defines faith as believing that God is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently, persistently seek him. So I couldn't resist putting this slide up after that um, because at first you take a nap and then try again. Uh, Now, I'm not sure about the theology of this, but the older I get... That's kind of what I do. More. (laughs) I mean, if you come in here during the week and you see pillows down here and I'm on my back, I'm probably awake, but I might not be. (laughs) But even in my taking of a nap and trying again, I'm still fighting on the inside, okay? I'm not giving up, but I am uh, aware of my own um, age, shall we say. Um, Continue to ask continue to ask you know sometimes we're too proud to ask god i am we knock on the door and we're like i don't want to keep knocking because it's because it's an affront to my pride to admit i don't have it all together that i to admit that i'm desperately in need of the lord in certain areas and so pride keeps us from continuing to ask God, it's embarrassing. I don't want to admit that I don't have it together, so I'll just make do with my current situation. That's what we do when we quit knocking. Like, oh well, I just—I guess I'll just get used to it. I think a lot of us have prayers we used to pray regularly. We've put on the shelf. I'm talking to me. Yeah, take them off the shelf. Bartimaeus wasn't proud. He was blind, and he didn't want to stay blind. So he didn't care what people said about him or thought about him. He was going to get his. We can learn from that. We can learn from that. He was going to get his. You know, I've had, I don't want to, you know, say poor me, but uh, I've had eye problems since 2009. Uh, The H1N1 virus went around called the swine flu, and I had an uh, immune reaction to it, to where uh, a neurological, very rare thing, but it caused my eyes to go off kilter. It's called a strabismus. And so from 2009, I've battled this eye condition in which I went to doctors. They examined me. They said, well, there was this, there's a surgeon, a very high specialist surgeon who could who could do surgery on your optic nerves and maybe it would work. But there's only one in the state of Texas and he died two months ago. I walked out of the office going, well, I think I need a miracle from God. Some of you, when you talk to me, I'm not trying to be rude, but sometimes I have to close an eye. It's because there's two of you and I'm trying to make one. Okay, don't feel sorry for me, but but I'm saying since 2009, when there is a swirl, I step into the swirl, say, Lord, come and heal my eyes, because there is no cure in the natural from that, but I'm going to knock and keep knocking. I'm not going to quit, and I'm believing one day I'm going to stand before you and say, I can see. There's one of you, Stephanie, or there's one of you, Sloan. There's one. Two's good, but I'd rather see one. So if you have a need, go to God and continue to go to God. Go to God until it's embarrassing and continue to go to God again. Ask God and ask God and ask God and ask God and ask God. When you're done asking God, ask him again. Keep doing it. Keep doing it. Ask him. I believe he will respond and receive and minister to that attitude, to that steadfastness. Ask him. I believe he'll give it to you. And I believe he'll give it to me. Somebody that's just hit somebody. I'm going to pick that up off the shelf today. Amen. Number four, Bartimaeus acted on his faith. He responded in faith when Jesus called for him. You see, he didn't just to act in his faith. He didn't just say, Well I believe. You know, he had his garment out front with all the coins he'd begged for. They were sitting on his that garment in front of him. And oh Jesus is coming by? Well, if he wants to come heal me, you know, they said no, he's calling for you. What did he do? He did three things. Verse 50 Look at that, verbs. He threw aside his garment. They had all the coins on it. He just threw it aside. He jumped up. He rose, and he ran to Jesus. I believe he ran to Jesus. Now, he probably had to have help since he was blind, but he did, he did three actions that, that is a principle for us, respond in faith by, by taking action. Notice what he did. He left his garment behind. What does that mean? For Bartimaeus, it means he left his money, his security, the things he begged for. He jumped up and he threw security to the wind and he went for it. He went for it. You know, a lot of times we don't get anything from God because we're not willing to go for it. I mean, go for it. Take a chance on his love. I'm going to say that again. Take a chance on his love. Take a chance that he's that good. Bartimaeus but he, he threw aside this guy jumped up, he left his only visible means of support. Probably that was his only visible means. He left it right there on the ground because in his mind he thought, I'm gonna not I'm not gonna need that anymore. Wow. From this point on, he's gonna heal my eyes and I'm gonna be able to generate income another way. Yeah. That's the kind of faith we're talking about. You know this may shock you it was it's was shocking to me at first but over the over 18 years now we've had a food pantry and so people will come in and um some of them will be have back braces on or canes and and i'll offer to pray for certain for certain ones and they'll say no thank you And i will say why they say well if i get healed I won't be able to collect my disability check. Serious, no, more than one time. They're trusting in the government more than trusting in God. I'll just let that sit there and ferment for a moment. Have you ever gone for it? I mean, like really gone for it like Bartimaeus? It's scary, but it's awesome. Right, Sherry? Life-changing. It's life-changing. It's scary. In 1993, I think Kyle was three years old. My daughter, Grace, was four. We packed up everything we owned from Rockwall, Texas. Large church there. It was the dean of, dean in the Christian school there. And um, we moved to East Texas with the, to go start a Christian school. Yes, to go start a Christian school. Jim Manning, Jill, Jacqueline, yay. Uh, East Texas Christian School. But you know how that school started? A yellow pad with 12 n- names on it that maybe might want to get involved in a school. <laughs> now, I was well paid at the church in Rockwall. They basically, we just moved in a new house. We had all the provision, all the comfort we wanted. But the Lord spoke in my heart, said, You have I'm connecting you in a divine appointment with that pastor and that church out in in Longview, Texas. I was like, okay. We went for it. I mean, we packed everything up on a maybe. They didn't even negotiate. He didn't even tell me what salary I was gonna get. And I didn't ask. Probably should have asked, but (laughs) I'm like, here we go. Driving on I-20 from Rockwall to Longview. I was like, oh, am I kind of crazy? This is, but I had such a peace, a peace. And, I, and you know what the Holy Spirit said back in my heart? He said, Glenn, you can either have the comfort zone or the comfort tour. Which do you want? And I was like, oh, that's what this is. Now, God doesn't say you can't have comfort life, okay? Don't don't hear that. But sometimes you're going to be confronted. Comfort zone or comfortor. Please, can I tell you, always choose comforter. Okay? Comforter is a word for the Holy Spirit. Okay? So that's what going for it can be like. Number five, Bartimaeus was specific. He was specific. Verse 51, Jesus said to him, he comes to him, they say, you're calling for you. He runs up, they guide him up to Jesus. Jesus says, what do you want me to do for you? Now, did Jesus not know what Bartimaeus wanted him to do? (laughs) I mean, this is kind of like one of those questions that God asked uh, Adam in the garden. Adam, where are you? (laughs) God knew where Adam was, but Adam didn't know where Adam was. He said, well, well God, I'm, I'm naked. And he says, who told you? God knew the answer to that also. What was happening was Jesus didn't ask Bartimaeus because he didn't know the answer. What he, he didn't ask him what he wanted because he didn't know the answer. He knew that this blind man wanted to see But Jesus was prepared to give Bartimaeus whatever he asked for. I mean, if Bartimaeus had, if he said, what do you want me to do? If Bartimaeus said, yeah, I got this bunion on my left foot, he'd have fixed that. You see, Jesus was prepared because the point is, God, please hear this, God is going to let you specify what you want from him. That's why Jesus asked him. He didn't. He knew the answer. But he's like, tell, tell me what you want. Because you see, it's your faith that's involved in the process. And so he's going to let you specify. You tell him what you want. He approaches Jesus. Jesus says, what do you want? And the blind man says, Rabboni, I want to regain my sight. I want to receive my sight. And you know what? If he'd have said, and heal my left foot, I think he would have healed his left foot too. And I got a bum right knee. While I'm at it, Lord, heal my eyes, bad left foot, bum right knee. I believe he would have done all three because he's that good. He's that good. Worship team, if you could come up. In 1986... I've told this story before, but it, I've never told it from this angle on this. This is the fifth principle. I uh, <clears throat> moved from a youth ministry in Waco, Texas, up to Rockwall, Texas, to that church to learn <clears throat> learn to pray. Katie Kaufman, are you in here? Oh, she's out there with the kids, probably. But I um, was with her dad out there in Rockwall. But on my way... I left. I packed up everything in my car again. I went for it, went up. I was single, was dating my wife. At the time we were dating, but I wasn't married. And uh, so I went up there, and I was volunteering at the church, learning to pray, volunteering in the youth ministry. and, and uh, But I didn't have money for a bed. So, um, But it was okay. I mean, I was going for it, right? I was morning prayer, night's... Like nightly services, there was a, the church was really in revival, 1986, and, um, but after about three or four months, I got, my back started getting sores, because I'm sleep. I had a blanket, but I'm sleeping on the floor, a carpeted floor, and I worked at the mall, I worked at Foley's in Mesquite, and so it's about a 10 minute drive from Mesquite across Lake Ray Hubbard Bridge to Rockwall and i get off work one night man my back was hurting and i just sat in the car i said lord i sure would like a bed and it's about 5 more minutes in my car to get to the to the house to the the duplex the apartment and i get to the door and there is a bed on my door it was a mattress on the door and it was a it was a, a, and i I had a roommate in the other, the other part of the apartment. I, I said, Tony, what's this? He said, well, strangest thing, about five minutes ago, a man knocked on the door and said, does anybody here need a bed? And I was like, nice. <laughs> Tony and I are still friends on Facebook, so if you doubt me, you can look him up. And Did he really, did that really helped? So, um, but I... T- I clocked it right at the very moment I said I sure would like a bed a guy knocks on the door now I'm kind of skeptical so I I open the door I look out it's like is there there a moving van anywhere or what's that would have still been cool but there were like eight duplexes out behind the church in Rockwell was an open field nothing out there no movement nobody in their driveway nothing and so but here's my point what if I'd asked for more? What if I'd said, Lord, I sure would like a mattress and a box springs and a headboard and Laura Ashley comforter. Is that a comforter? Oh, thank you. I know a little. What if I had asked for that? What if I'd asked for a Sealy Posturepedic if he wouldn't have done that too he's that good stand up if you would to your feet the sixth principle I'll I'll recap it here because it's pretty self explanatory but the six principles of faith first one ask when he's here Ask when he's here. Second, come on the right basis. Come on the basis of mercy. Three, persist when it doesn't happen right away. Four, respond in faith, laying aside those things that would stop your faith. Fifth, then articulate your faith, be specific. Say exactly what you want, write it down if necessary. Tell God what you want in the sixth principle and God will reward your faith. He says, Jesus said, go your way, your faith has rewarded you. He he told Bartimaeus, you choose the way you wanna go after this. Jesus knew his heart because it says, he went after that. He got healed. His eyes were healed, and he followed Jesus. So he knew Bartimaeus would choose to follow him. So that's the follow-up word, gang. When he touches you, you're like, I'm going to follow you. I'm not going to run off. Those are the six principles of faith. I just want to wait on the Lord. <clears throat> wait on the Lord right now and have the worship team play in just a moment. I don't really have a specific way for you to respond. I just want to invite the presence of the Lord to highlight something in the form of how you would respond to Him right now. Holy Spirit, we welcome your manifest presence. For some, maybe writing it down, there's some cards actually around the the back of the chairs, writing down what you want specifically so that you don't forget it. For some, maybe your response is they as they sing here. I want. For some, your response may be to come up and receive the communion cups. There are these baskets under the two screens, and you can come and kneel and respond by taking communion with your spouse or your family. There's just freedom right now to kneel or to come up to the altar, pray for prayer teams. Would come up now and just stand up here as well. If you want to just come and agree with someone, thank you, Lord. Let's come to the throne of grace so that we would obtain mercy and find power. Let's come with confidence today. Let's confidently come before Him that we would find mercy and grace to help in time of need. Holy Spirit, would you reveal our need and reveal your desire to meet our need. I Thank you, Jesus. I just sense all through this week and even today how full of compassion you are. We can come to you that you can be moved with compassion. Yes, let's just do business with God right now. Thanks for listening to the weekly sermon. To download the notes and slides for this message, visit our website, riverinthehills.com. If you would like to partner with us in moving God's heart and changing the world, please subscribe to our podcast, leave a review, and share this episode with a friend.